Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. Hope everybody enjoyed Super Bowl weekend as the Kansas City Chiefs come back and get the win over the San Francisco 49ers. And former Gators wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, aka Honey Thunder, is now a Super Bowl champion. The Gators also had their final recruiting weekend for the class of 2020, their first junior day for the class of 2021. And we'll talk with Joseph Hastings from Gators Territory to recap all the guys that came to campus for the basketball team also got back on track Saturday with a 61 to 55 win over Vanderbilt. The Gators had an 18 point lead in that game, but in the final two minutes, the Commodores got it down to six points, but the Gators were able to hold on for the win to end a three game losing streak. But on today's show, we're going to talk all Florida football recruiting as national signing day is right around the corner. Here was my conversation with Joseph this week. We now welcome in Joseph Hastings from GatorsTerritory.com to discuss the final recruiting weekend for UF before National Signing Day. Florida also hosted their first junior day for the class of 2021, which produced a commitment for the Gators on Monday. So we'll discuss all that with Joe and much more. Joe, welcome into another edition of Locked on Gators. How's it going, my friend? Hey, Zach, it's going great. Thank you for having me back on, man. Yeah, absolutely, but we definitely wanted to uh, get some of your knowledge and perspective on Florida recruiting as we get closer to National Signing Day. This past weekend was the final one before all the recruits signed the dotted line, and the Gators had one official visitor in town, Georgia commit Cedric Van Fran, who's the top center in the country and a guy that the Gators have been recruiting for several weeks now. Uh, you had a chance to talk to him on Sunday after his official visit wrapped up. Uh, what were your impressions of what he had to say and what Florida was able to show him this past weekend? The biggest thing that I took away from that interview was a one thing that he didn't have to say to us. And that's when I asked him, along with Florida and Georgia being in the mix, what other schools are going to be in contention for you as you make this final decision on Wednesday? And he declined to answer that question. So I thought that was really telling from everything that I've seen, everything that I've heard. I believe this will be a Georgia-Florida battle although he did take an official visit to Alabama a couple weekends ago. Florida definitely made a strong impression on him. I was actually there at the airport to catch him before he went, and John Hevesy, the offensive line coach for Florida, was talking to him throughout the whole time that they were checking their bags, talked to him right until they got into the line for the security check. So I think with John Hevesy, since Van Pran was the only official visitor of the weekend, he was able to dedicate a lot of time to him throughout the whole course of his stay and he really made it a strong impression on Van Pran during that visit. Also, as well, Florida's academics being able to give him an in-depth look at what they can bring to the educational side that's really appealing to Van Pran. That's also appealing to him about Georgia as well. So those two schools have something in common with that, being able to succeed on the football field and in the classroom as well. He also mentioned some other things, too, with the networking that the Gators provide. It was an all-round visit for Van Pran, both being able to see what he can do on the football field, having a chance to start with the offensive line issues that Florida has had in past years, and then also the educational aspect of it as well. Now, having a chance to hear from him while in Gainesville, 
was there one or two things that he mentioned in particular that you feel like stood out? If he ends up flipping to the Gators on Wednesday, that you might be able to point to something he said about his official visit that might have swayed him. I think it would have to be the the combination of the academics and uh, what Florida can do for him on the football field. Like I said, he had mentioned that it's a top 10 university. And what he had told us for a quote was, he definitely can't go wrong with that when mentioning that Florida is a top 10 university. I feel like that's something that's really keeping the Gators in the mix here compared to some other schools. It's a top 10 university, both on the football field and academics as well, two years in a row. That's definitely catching some recruits' attention. So if I have to point to anything, it would have to be that aspect of it. Did he come out and say where things are at with his commitment status right now? I mean, obviously he didn't indicate that he's sticking with Georgia and doesn't have a final decision to make, but did he say kind of one way or another where his status stands right now? Yes, I'll actually read you uh, verbatim what he told us regarding his commitment to UGA. He said, Everything is well. The relationships have never changed, and I've built on to my relationship with Coach Luke, so everything is well over there. And that's kind of been what he's been emphasizing throughout these past few weeks. There have been a lot of questions as to why he didn't sign uh, during the early signing period, even though he committed back in August. But he's always maintained throughout these past few weeks that the relationships have never changed. He continues to remain comfortable with the Georgia coaching staff. And obviously we have to mention one of the reasons why he – possibly decided to push that signing back until February was because of the departure of O-line coach Sam Pittman to become the head coach at Arkansas. I think that may have affected his decision a little bit. Now he's building on that relationship with Matt Luke here at the University of Georgia. And from what he told us, which is pretty much what we can only go off of at this point, that relationship seems to be going well. And, uh, you know, the Georgia Bulldogs are continuing to prioritize him. So, Definitely, you know, this is going to be a tight battle between Florida and Georgia. There's a lot of appealing factors to Van Pran about both of them. There's more comfortability with Georgia. He's obviously visited there multiple times. This was his first ever trip to the University of Florida this past weekend. So Georgia definitely has that familiarity going in their favor, but it will definitely be a close call on Wednesday. And he's one of their top remaining targets that the Gators are waiting on a decision from. And one of those other guys is Demarcus Beckwith, an athlete who visited the weekend prior. And I think a lot of people, based on what he's been saying, Joseph have felt like Florida is the team to beat. But some shakeup in his recruitment over the weekend, as Larry Scott is set to become the head coach at Howard, and Beckwith took a visit to Tennessee on Sunday. So some drama here in the last 72 hours leading up to his decision how do you feel like the news on Larry Scott might affect Florida's recruitment? I think it definitely plays a huge role. And I honestly, it looks like Beckwith is going to be leaning toward the volunteers now based on the departure of Scott and also that recent visit to Tennessee to Knoxville uh, this past weekend, as you mentioned. Scott was a pivotal recruiter in Beckwith's recruitment. Although he doesn't recruit that area uh, with Beckwith being in Florence, Alabama, Scott would have been his position coach at the next level. Uh, Scott and Mullen were the two uh, primary coaches that Beckwith has been talking to over the past few months. He named Florida his leader back in October. He's been maintaining that throughout and said Florida's been the one prioritizing him the most in his recruitment. And to see Scott now 
potentially going to Howard, I think it definitely will play a, a big factor in Beckwith's upcoming decision. And obviously, uh, Tennessee was his first offer. Tennessee has been a school recruiting him uh, really hard. And uh, the Gators were able to get in the mix a few months ago and have been able to hold that top spot in his recruitment. But with Scott gone now and the relationship that they have built, pretty much now it's not going to be able to go in Florida's favor. That, that, that relationship, it's only with Mullen. That's the only other coach from Florida staff that uh, Beckwith has been talking to the most with Scott now gone. And I, I think it definitely hurts Florida's chances to land Beckwith. Obviously too early to tell who the replacement for Larry Scott might be once he does take over at Howard. But can you just speak to the job that Scott did as a recruiter? We all know the job that he did as a tight ends coach, being able to develop Kyle Pitts and the sensational sophomore season that he had. But on the recruiting trail, can you speak to the job that Scott was able to do these last couple of years and what type of loss he's going to be from that standpoint? Obviously we know how he's going to affect Beckwith, but he did a really good job recruiting the tight end position and then specifically the Lakeland area getting mm-hmm. Javon Dexter this year and Keon Zipper and his other Lakeland teammates. Larry Scott's got some big-time commitments during his time here at UF. No doubt, and I was just about to bring that up. The, obviously, the Lakeland sweep will kind of be the highlight there back, back in the 2019 cycle, landing Keon Zipper, landing Lloyd Summer on, then B.A.B. Hammond, although he did not qualify for UF. That was a really big pickup for Florida to be able to sweep Lakeland and establish that Lakeland, the Florida pipeline. They've done it back in the Urban Myers day. They're trying to bring it back for Dan Mullen's time as well. So that was Scott was instrumental in recruiting that area. And then, as you mentioned as well, with Jervon Dexter. Jervon was one of those recruits who committed in November 2018. And the fact that Florida was able to keep him throughout, with all the schools pursuing him, specifically the University of Georgia, and how Florida was able to hold all those schools off, you're going to have to give credit to defensive line coach David Turner, Mullen, but Scott's impact cannot be underestimated there as well. So I definitely think when it comes to recruiting in Tampa, when it comes to recruiting in Polk County, and then also with tight ends in general, Scott's departure definitely is is going to be something that hurts Florida. And as you mentioned, we don't have any idea who the replacement will be. But I would like to note this, a, a 2021 tight end, I won't name his name, but uh, he's someone who's on Florida's radar. And he reached out to me, asked me, you know, who Florida is thinking about. And obviously he was concerned about it because Scott was someone who was recruiting him. So uh, it, it will definitely see kind of a ripple effect with Scott's departure. And it all remains to be seen who they'll bring in, which area that that, that person will recruit and uh, how good of a job they can do with developing tight ends and then also bringing them in as well. The guy who's going to now be assigned to that Polk County, Lakeland area, certainly a really important spot for the Gators in the Sunshine State. Well, let's talk about Junior Day as we speak with Joseph Hastings from GatorsTerritory.com. Joseph Florida held their first Junior Day of the 2021 cycle, got a lot of guys on campus Saturday, who were some of the, the most notable visitors that made their way to Gainesville and that you had a chance to speak to? Well, the most notable one was uh, Daywan Reynolds, not from a rankings perspective, but from the fact that, as you alluded to earlier in our conversation, he was the one that committed to the Florida Gators on Monday. And Florida being able to get him on campus for the first time, he received an offer back in May, but Florida's been keeping in contact with him since September 1st and then also getting him on campus for the first time this past weekend and then reeling in a commitment on Monday definitely goes to show how much of an impression 
that the Gators were able to make during that junior day. Kind of a little bit of a rundown of what they did during Saturday's events. They did a scavenger hunt. They did a locker room experience where players were able to do a photo shoot. They also took them into the swamp and showed them a preview of the upcoming football training facility that is expected to be completed by the end of next year. So Florida was definitely able to pack in a lot of events during the four to five hour window that the junior day lasted for. As for the recruits that we spoke with after, Tanmise Adelaide uh, from IMG Academy was there. Markevious Brown and Kamar Wilcoxon, a U.S. commit, uh, are also from IMG, and they made their way to Gainesville on Saturday as well. They're all impressed with what Florida was able to do during that day, uh, with Tanmise saying that he spent a lot of time with defensive line coach David Turner and saying that Turner is someone who he believes could produce him into the league, develop his skill set, and get him to the NFL. I also spoke with Lovacy Carroll, who's also from IMG. He has Florida in his top five, and he said that this visit kind of reaffirmed that for him. He has Georgia on top right now, but the Gators are definitely a program that he was waiting on an offer from, and he's possibly going to be taking an official visit to as well down the line. Uh, so those were a few of the notable ones. Florida was also able to bring in Amari Harvey, who's actually from Seminole County. He hails from Tallahassee. So he's definitely in Florida, uh, Florida State's backyard, but the Gators were able to make a strong impression on him this past weekend. He told me after that visit that the visit definitely boosted Florida on, on his list. He also has LSU and the Seminoles in the mix, and the Gators are really looking strong for him, even though he's right there uh, in Tallahassee. So overall, it was a successful junior day for the Gators. It didn't last too long, like I had mentioned before, but they were able to get in a lot of events, get be able to get some personal time as well. Positional coaches did breakdowns with kids, talked about the film that Florida has able, been able to produce during Dan Mullen's tenure at the school. So overall, a successful day for Dan Mullen and company. Now, you mentioned the five-star from IMG Academy and Will Coxon, the Florida commit coming in from IMG Academy, Carroll, the running back. The Gators still have yet to sign a recruit from IMG Academy since they had a high school football program. And Will Coxon might be the guy that ends it in the class of 2021. He's committed right now. But I did want to ask you about him. What did he have to say about the status of his commitment? Because he did – recently get an offer from Georgia and he took a visit to UGA. Where, where do things stand with him right now? Florida is definitely feeling confident with Wilcox. And although he continues to post on uh, on Twitter, you know, about how he's open to other schools and, you know, he's been reeling in offers such as uh, University of Georgia, Ohio State University, he continues to be locked in with the Gators. He's actively recruiting for the program. As I had mentioned, he brought some of his new teammates with him to the school uh, this past Saturday. He's been in their ear, not necessarily recruiting them too much, but just, you know, letting them know about Florida and the opportunities that they provide. Uh, Wilcoxon, although Florida fans are a little concerned because he has decommitted in the past before, and he's made it abundantly clear he plans on taking all of his official visits. He's going to continue to remain open to other schools as long as they continue to pursue them. I, I don't believe Florida fans really have too much to worry about here at this juncture. Down the line, could he decide to reopen it, uh, reopen things up once again? That is always a possibility. There's no, there's never ever a surefire guaranteed recruit who will commit to a program and then you you know for certain that they'll be signing with them. There's always uh, a lot of moving parts there. But from what I've seen, what I've heard from Wilcoxon himself, he continues to be 100% locked in with the program. Final question 
for you, Joseph. Right now, the Gators have the number one class in the SEC for 2021. They're up to 10 commits. And this year, obviously, in the class of 2020, they got over the hump and the drought that they've had with five-star recruits, and they finally got some, two according to rivals. Now I think the recruit Knicks in Gator Nation want to see Florida take the next step in 2021 and sign a top-five class, if not top two, top three, at least try to get some more five stars based on where they're at now and how far ahead of the curve they are with everyone else in the SEC. Do you think that Florida's put themselves in positions to might be able to accomplish that in 2021? I don't know if it'll be accomplished in 2021, but I made a note of this on our website a few days ago that I expect Florida to be competing for top five classes within the next two to three years. The reason why I have this uh, feeling is because, and, and this belief is because Florida has been able to, ever since Dan Mullen got here, continually uh, raise themselves up, whether it's in the recruiting ranks or on the football field. So if you think about it, they went from 4-7 and seven to 10-3 and three, uh, in Mullen's first year, taking over McIlwain's squad, and then they went from 10-3 and three to 11-2. and two. So there's been improvement on the football field. And then when it comes to recruiting, rivals, they had them ranked as the number 17 class in the class of 2018. Then they rose up all the way now to they're essentially guaranteed a top seven spot. Looks unlikely for number six, but they're going to be in that top seven spot uh, regardless. Uh, so there's definitely improvement that's being made on the football field and in recruiting as well. And I don't know if that's going to necessarily translate to competing for a top five class next year, but with the new training facility that I had mentioned before, that's going to be coming out by the end of December 2021 with all the improvements that they've been making to their recruiting staff, I definitely believe Florida is going to be in a spot to compete for top five classes in the near future. 2021, I wouldn't hedge my bets on that one. I would possibly say they're still peaking outside, but as they continue to win on the football field, as they continue to develop their recruiting staff and put in more money into training facilities, the locker rooms, all of that, I believe Florida will be in a good spot. And we had mentioned this in our conversation the last time I was on the podcast. Florida, looking at the SEC next year and the SEC East, especially with Jake Fromm gone and then, you know, uh, Tua gone from Alabama and Joe Burrow gone from LSU, Florida's either looking like a favorite to win the SEC championship or at the very least get to that championship game. Florida's definitely in the upward trajectory. Still say they're about two years away from getting a top five class, but they're definitely in a solid position to do so. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we discuss Florida football recruiting with Joseph Hastings. On tomorrow's show, we will preview National Signing Day. I'll make my predictions and see who the Gators could add to their 2020 class. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Gators is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Gator fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Gator fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. 
we'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you.